welcome to MMBT, a podcast about music, movies, books, and TV shows. I'm your commentator, Emilio. Hello, everybody. So, welcome to today's podcast. And today I have a couple of my friends with me, Al and CJ. And they're going to be helping me with uh, talking about diversity in movies and TV. Um, and so, part of this is we're going to start with a TV show they really like. Uh, which is speechless, and sort of why they like that. And, you know, you might want to introduce yourselves a little bit, say why that's a good TV show for you, and that kind of stuff. Okay. Hi, I'm CJ. Um, Speechless is a really good show to show a different perspective of um, someone who's disabled and has cerebral palsy's life um, in a funny yet um, real type of way. Yeah. So, Al? Just talk. <laughs> Just I talk like the movie The Greatest Showman. You're talking about speechless. You or if you want to go to uh, Wonder or wherever you were talking about before we recorded, you can do that too. It's completely up to you. Wherever you want to start. Alright, I'll uh, change the subject here. I'm going to talk about the movie Wonder. Okay. And what I thought about it. I have not read the book yet. Just an FYI. So I'm only doing this off the movie. So here it goes. Okay, go for it. You All got right. this out. I uh, felt Wonder was a pretty good movie, except for it shows diversity. Yet it's just, why do we have to have like a Hollywood movie to showcase it? Why can't we just naturally accept people for where they are at? We're all different, so why do we need like movies in? Hollywood and mainstream with great actresses to portray its families when it's an everyday occurrence. Um, some people have glasses. I had glasses since I was 18 months old, so all through elementary school, I wore glasses and got called every name on the book. And it's like, as the older I got, I'm like, oh, so-and-so has glasses. Oh, so-and-so. And before you know it, a quarter of my class has glasses, and it's not a big deal. But why was it a big deal when I was five? And then in the wonder, you know, he struggles to make friends, and finally when they realize he's like a science genius, does he finally get accepted? But why does it take someone's special talent? Why can't we just accept it every day, like I keep saying? Right, right. And so that I think that relates back to Speechless, right, uh-huh. for you, CJ, because it relates to you because it's why can't you just be accepted every day right. for who you are? I have cerebral palsy, and so I experienced a lot of what the main character, what's it, um, I forgot, JJ, JJ, um, the main character, JJ, I've experienced a lot of what he has, um, as a person with cerebral palsy too, although, um, I don't have the speech difficulties and, um, augmentative communication device he does, but some of just how people relate or react or interact or don't interact with you because of a difference, it's, it's just kind of mind-blowing and mind-boggling, and it's like, hey, I'm here, see me. It's The disability is part of me, but it is not me. And I think um, the reason why I really like the show is because um, the character, JJ, actually has cerebral palsy and is not playing up the disability, but he um, has it himself. I think a lot of times in Hollywood and in movies and TV shows, they don't choose disabled or differently abled or 
um, actors that can speak from experience. They um, kind of have people that are not authentically. So the playing. theory of everything would be a great example of that, right? Where they take an actor who doesn't have that and use that for Correct. the character development. And I think that doesn't help with people, um, everyday people, realizing that they can be authentically them. It kind of, in fact, um, reiterates that you need to kind of hide who you are and you can't be you because you're never going to make it to the movie or the, the screen. Somebody else is just going to play your reality. Yeah. And so, I mean, in the broad term of, of uh, diversity, right, that we we're talking about, you know, physical disabilities, mental disabilities, um, right now, but that also can expand out to LGBT, it can expand out to people of color, it can expand out to all these other groups, correct? correct. Would you agree? Yes, Al? Yeah. Okay. So, so along those lines, like, um, you know, I had a whole podcast about queer baiting, and do you guys know what queer, I, I think I've probably messaged to you at some so, point. Yeah. So queer baiting, for those who don't know who are listening, um, and to refresh your guys' memory, is where you take two characters who are of the same gender and you go, they're just friends, in quotes, but every scene that you give, right, makes it seem like they could be more than friends. Mm-hmm. Even though they're playing the script and writing it to uh, suggest that they aren't, that they're more than friends, even though all the pr- promos are going to say that they're just friends. And then you target the LGBT community, right, to be part of, to uh, have that representation, right, and say, hey, we're going to represent you. And then the more you watch it, the more you realize that they're just using it to try to build that audience. Can you relate that to anything that you've maybe seen in, like, TV or movies yourself where they try to play it up to some sort of, you know, physical or mental disability or learning augmentative and made it seem like you were going to be shown that, but then really it wasn't really there? Um, well, I can just speak um, from experience. Any of the movies, I think it's uh, you before me. Um, it was a, I didn't see the show because it was kind of disturbing to me, but it was about a gentleman that was disabled, but I think he was injured and um, took his own life because he couldn't handle uh, being in a wheelchair, but he was dating his caregiver. Um, And that's kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, we're writing a movie about disabled people. It's so great. But let's... um, Let's make it all about the disabled person and their caregiver. And I think while that does happen, um, presenting in that way doesn't make the person who's disabled or with a disability or with a difference into a person. It kind of makes them seem like a child um, and desexualizes them. Um, So in that way, I guess that's my perspective on that. Alex? Al? No. <laughs> you don't have anything? No. Okay. All right. Do you, can you read? But can you think of examples like? Because I mean, we're all friends. Can you think of examples like you've seen in media? You know, where maybe you 
where being like Christy's friend or my friend or that you've gone, you know, this sort of is baiting people I know into watching this and it's not actually showing accurate representation. Like the example is in the fosters, um, where they are adopted and it's Callie's younger brother comes out later because they're both their moms are LGBT. And, but it doesn't really ever show much of it just shows that he came out and then like it just shows like he's a regular middle schooler but doesn't actually emphasize like coming out that young what it does if you in a school or whatever they just kind of leave it at that they don't press on like how much harder it could be for him because kids are young and don't understand or their parents are influencing their decisions. Mm-hmm. Yet, it's good that some people don't come out until they're in their 20s or their 30s or elsewhere. And so it's not always young. Sometimes you don't know until you try dating or... Right. Yeah. So, and that sort of brings me with it. So, in terms of, like, you know, when you're looking at what you would like to see in representation, right, in films, in movies, in books, in movies, in, you know, you name it popular entertainment, right? Like, you go and get, like, a inquirer, right? And you grab it off the shelf and you're, like, reading it as you're checking out, you know, that kind of stuff. What are things that you want, like, what are ways that we can make our culture, our pop culture especially, right, more diversified more represent representative of you know who you are who what you want to see in media i think it's having actors and actresses play the part that's authentically them like have the if you're doing a movie on someone that's a lesbian have the main character actually be it and right so the actor is actually part of that community yeah okay um also too is um, have more literature. There's not a lot of literature, especially in, like, the LGBT communities, only just starting out now. I mean, I never ever read a book as a kid about it. I kind of knew something was different. Never really did I have a book my age. Right, so having media age-appropriate from the time you're young all the way up into through adulthood. Yes. Okay. CJ? Uh, um... For me, well, I know we saw Love, Simon yesterday, and while it was a great movie and everything, it still kind of sensationalized, oh, I mean, the main character, Simon, wasn't popular, but the young man that he ended up um, coming out with through the movie and um, interacting via emails was, like, seemed to be not the typical kid, but more like a popular kid, and... They went to parties, and so that sensationalized it. Because while people that are popular or in different um, aspects of culture for young adults, or even adults, might uh, might be lawyers and doctors and teachers, there are also people that are just everyday Joes. And I think even though it was nice to see, it kind of sensationalized. And maybe in movies and books, about both the LGBT and disabled and 
basically not just that just disenfranchised um, communities. communities. We need to, I mean, some sensationalization, I guess, is expected, but we kind of got to talk and bring in the nitty gritty. The need for, with Hollywood and movies about disability, LGBT, uh, um, or other disenfranchised communities, we need to, it's fine and it's kind of light to uh, sensationalize a little bit because that's Hollywood, but I think in order to kind of get a more authentic or real world experience, you might want to bring in focus groups to these movies like as they're in production or before, where you can um, get some of these groups that these movies are about to have a discussion to maybe educate or inform the actors, the directors, um, basically how it really is. So they get a more clear picture of the reality of which people live. And I'm, I'm not talking about um, like reality TV, I think. There's well, a, reality TV, we all know, is not really reality right. TV. There's um, plenty of shows that tell us that. Yes, yeah. reality TV is not where I'm going with this. I'm thinking more, and it might be because um, where I'm at, um, I'm thinking more research-based, um, trying to get, I don't know, a broader perspective of... Well, and maybe even making sure life. that even not even within the actors, right? Like in our writing rooms, we're showing a diverse group of people writing those shows, right? Correct. So that you have a diverse perspective writing that show. So I know you guys haven't seen one, the reboot of One Day at a Time on Netflix, but that is a great example of that where their writing room is very diverse. And so they the storylines that they're telling on there, because of that, right, accurately portray diverse ideas. And a broader... And a broader perspective. An audience. An audience. So I think that's another thing, too, that we don't talk about. Like, it's great to have diversity in our casting, right? Or in the people doing our music or, you know, writing or, you know, right at the end TV or a movie, right? But if we don't look at who's writing those, right, that, that also plays a role. So, yeah, Al, did you have something you wanted to add to that? But, but, but we could talk about like the fashion industry, like there's the artists that have Down syndrome. That's great. So why do we sort of go into like fashion? Yeah, we can do that. We can. It's all pop culture. Like my whole entire okay. thing is complete pop culture. So anything like fashion is part of pop culture. So like recently, there's been a great fashion design in terms of people with disabilities, like having button-down shirts that Velcro, or the button is still there, but they can independently get dressed. I mean, like, CJ and I were together. Yeah, you can, you can, if you want to say you're a couple, yes, you are. Yeah, we, I've like, known you guys for many years, you're a couple. We have yeah. very different tastes. Like, yes. I am almost like, if you've ever seen dress kind of like Doug Funny from the Nickelodeon when we were kids, like, that's just my, like, go-to style. Well, Kyle is more bold, bright, and more like waxy, funky, cool, like hot pink. Yeah, CJ wears more bright colors. You're more down the earth, earthy tones. Yes. yes, yes. Um, so I know she doesn't. I don't. She doesn't. She might make fun of me that I always wear sweater vests all through winter. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just being authentically real. But it's, <laughs> but, but, and it's nice to see like that fashion design has made it easier for people who are physically disabled to who want to be dressed with forward, not always wear the sweatshirt, that they can um, be what, you know, like I said again, like fashion forward because they deserve the rights too. Right. They're not limited, you know. I mean, there's much more of a movement to have things tailored to fit right. Not, you know, just don't have to settle. And I think that's great because... Our well, clothes, and you've seen that movement, too, with, like, transgender clothing as well. Like, for people who yes, are transitioning like, I mean, from male to female or female to male. It's really great. Like, Paw Patrol came out. I worked at, Tar- I worked at Target before. And it was, like, only Paw Patrol was in the boys' department. Well, a group I know from just looking at blogs came about and said, like, my girl really likes it. Why does you only have it blue? Now they have it in pink, blue, purple, green. Like Paw Patrol, because it's, they have girl characters there, Sky, who flies in an airplane and different things, and it's neat to see that, because kids, it shouldn't just matter boy, girl, it should just be... Well, Matt Horsfat, too, like, we didn't really have that divide of boy-girl toys until, actually, we were kids in the 80s. Like, that actually was a real 80s thing that ended up happening to try to push more toys and commu- consumerism. Like, before, like, 1983, you didn't have a boy aisle, girl aisle in toys. It was just toys. Is There's a whole, like, I could actually give you, there's a whole, like, True TV, um, Anne Ruins Everything uh, show that goes all over that, actually, and how... It, it wasn't until we had mass commu- consumerism starting in the 80s that we really started dividing what's boy, what's girl. And now we've kind of gone back to before 1983, and I like that, because yeah. it shouldn't matter. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like, diversity in our fashion, right, is important, too. Like, and we, we even talk about this, too, like, when you go into a store, right, you can immediately tell, is it accessible? You know, you can, especially if you have friends who need accessibility issues or that kind of stuff. Or you can, you know, you can kind of tell, you know, is this LGBT friendly? Is it going to be a place that we need to be a little bit more on the sexuality thing, right? So, um, and so that's why pop culture, right, is so important and invades every aspect of our life. And that's why I wanted to bring you in on this diversity topic, right? Because it's so, it affects everything that we do, right? If we don't have accurate representation in our media, we don't, we don't see it, right? Uh-huh. Or am I wrong I'm hoping, on this? I'm hoping based on the current political... Um, Things that we don't, we continue to move forward on this issue and don't go light years back. Um, right. And that's all I'm going to say on that because I've been <laughs> forever. But I just hope um, that we use our struggles and use our differences, whatever they are, um, to, as power, to educate, to share our stories. And I think the more people are, are, okay with sharing their um, sharing their life and sharing their experiences and I'm not scared of oh well if I if I say this I'm going to be retaliated against in my work or in um, getting my needs met personal care wise or um, whatever I think we need to almost put down our guard and just be like this is kind of 
like Alex was saying with um, The Greatest Showman, this is me. Um, and, and I think that it's beginning to get a little bit more, um, like, in, like, in society to be okay, but we, have a, we still have a ways to go. Right. And we, yeah. And so that's why I wanted you to come in on this conversation with me, because I've known you, CJ, for what, like, we, I think we figured out 18 years 18 now, years, right? Yep. We met freshman year of college in 2000, and I've known Al here 10 years. And so, you know, it's one of those things, like, if anybody's going to have a opinion that isn't going to be the same as mine, <laughs> it's going to be you two, and you're going to not be afraid to tell me, because I have how long I've known you. And so... um and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to wrap this in and talk to you about it. Plus, I mean, I know your backgrounds and how you feel about things and right. <laughs> wanting to get your opinion out on this stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, I think, you know, we've had a good discussion today. Do you agree? I do. Yes. Okay. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this podcast unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about. I think we're all good. Okay. Listen. All right. So for you listening... Peace, love, and joy to all about you in Radio Land.